0: Monday. It's March 30th.
1: And the word of the day is cockalorum, which means a small, haughty man.
0: Used in a sentence, the skeptocrat
1: has a tall, girthy cockalorum,
0: introducing new words at the start of the show. As much as one can have a tall, girthy, small man, sure. Um, no illusions. That's me, I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed
1: from America's far center, we are the skeptocrats.
0: On episode 10, we'll deal with a rare outbreak of unrest in the Middle East. The U.S. Geological Survey dabbles in fecalchemy. We'll question the effectiveness of going after Indiana's tourist
1: dollars. (laughs) And the Senate's budget plan demonstrates that if we ignore old and sick people,
0: the problem goes away. But first, the Duo Tribe.
1: done a few segments recently that brought some negative feedback from a certain swath of the political spectrum i don 't believe I have to mention his name, but they didn't seem to enjoy our remarks about the failings of trickle down taxation policy as prescribed by supply side economics, nor did they enjoy our critical
0: commentary on libertarian ideology. Yes, and many of the worth-responding-to ones asked if we intended to ever critique the shortcomings of liberal philosophy at some point. So
1: in honor of this group, we'd like to examine a few major pillars of the conservative political platform that we prefer to the typical liberal position. But since we're raging liberal assholes by many accounts, and because moderate conservative comedy isn't funny even if you completely agree with it, we'll be
0: adding a twist to today's game,
1: which we'll be calling good conservative idea, bad liberal idea,
0: Disastrous tea party idea. <laughs> All right. So let's start with a simple example so everybody gets an idea of what we're doing here. So good conservative idea. Have the strongest military in the world and use it to protect our national interests. Bad liberal idea. Have the strongest military in the world, but don't use it because that's kind of mean. Disastrous tea party idea. Seed the strongest military thing to the nice folks like Putin and the Chinese, then line up the National Guard in an anti-kraken-type <laughs> wall around our borders. Right. All right, I think everybody's got the
1: idea. So next up, we have the issue of wealth disparity. Good conservative idea. There should be wealth disparity. See, so yeah, that's pretty clear. There's wealth. Now, so, yeah, right. the reasonable range for that disparity certainly up for debate, but... Far too many liberals consider, like, you know, rich people existing to be an injustice somehow in and of itself. Yeah,
0: and I mean, sure, most moderate liberals would agree here, but you also hear a lot of bad liberal idea. Fuck capitalism. If everybody just stopped competing, we could all cooperate and get along, just like that marijuana farm slash <laughs> that I lived in for two weeks until the lice started getting to me and I had to <laughs> shave for the <laughs> And, of course, the
1: disastrous Tea Party idea. We abandoned modern currency... Everyone fights to the death for the biggest pile of arbitrary metal they can find. And then we all start over as independent
0: Westphalian anarcho-syndicate warlord unions. That would be awesome if Tom Hardy was in it. Okay, moving on to the budget deficit. Good conservative idea. We should add up all the money that we take in each year, write it down on a piece of paper, and then spend less than the number that we just (laughs) wrote down. Quite reasonable. Bad liberal idea. Balance
1: to what? The deficit? That's the same as national debt, right? We've been, just print more Benjamins. How hard could it
0: be? We just need more money, no, right? I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of liberals in the crowd that are already composing an email in their head about how the last few Democratic presidents <laughs> did a hell of a lot better job on this front than the last few Republicans. And yes, that is true, but – both Obama and Clinton did so by following a conservative fiscal policy. Yes, they did. I mean, like the
1: fact that Lincoln was a Republican doesn't stop freeing the slaves from being progressive. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so Pretty simple. We absolutely should try to balance the budget. During periods
0: of relative economic stability, fiscal conservatism is definitely prudent and logical. But as usual, we should stop before we get to the disastrous Tea Party idea. You can't run much of a deficit when all you need to pay for is ten policemen and a notary public now, (laughs) can you? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty, pretty easy
1: to balance that budget. Great job, guys. So speaking of which, next up we have the role of government. Good conservative idea. Government should be as small as possible. Enough to maintain a stable society, but not so much that it, you know, stifles growth, innovation, choice by
0: overregulation. Another very reasonable stance, and again, something that most moderate liberals probably agree with, but you also hear plenty of different ways of phrasing the bad liberal idea. If we just use the government to take all the rich people's money, then we could all be rich for free. <laughs> and of course, the
1: disastrous Tea Party idea. We'll cut the uh, executive branch, the legislative branch, and
0: <laughs> – what's uh, the other well, – there's, there's one more,
1: and we're <laughs> cutting that, too. That's definitely getting cut, too, whatever that is. Energy <laughs> branch? It's something. And then after that extended period of, I guess, dystopian anarchy that they're looking for, everyone starts paying a la carte for
0: exactly how much government they want, yeah, personally. Yeah, one, one bullet at a time. Next up, we <laughs> have nuclear energy policy. Good conservative idea. We should pursue a balanced energy policy that includes nuclear energy at least until some other source gets a whole lot more (laughs) cost-effective. We can't just stop producing nuclear power tomorrow because then the power would go out for everyone. Remember the (laughs) the budget thing we talked about? It's like that, but with kilowatt hours instead of dollars. (laughs) Did you write it down? Same concept. Yeah. And the only replacements for nuclear that
1: are viable right now are fossil fuels, which are – Way worse for the environment, even worse than having a bunch of nuclear waste. So yeah, really bad. Double plus, on good. <laughs> which brings us to the bad liberal idea: nuclear power is universally evil and should be shut down immediately and replaced with wind power from the beating of unicorn wings.
0: And of course, the disastrous Tea Party idea on energy policy: if we just didn't give energy to poor people, there'd be plenty enough oil for all of us of us who are you know survived. Invent <laughs> your own dynamo. We, yeah, we exactly. Already have
1: one. Get your own. <laughs> and finally, we have the idea of protecting individual liberty. So, good conservative idea, individual liberties should only be restricted when there's a compelling interest of the state that can only be achieved that way.
0: Bad liberal idea, individual liberties should only be interfered with when there's a compelling state interest, a stated compelling interest, an interesting compelling statement, really big sodas, or the possibility of somebody being mean. And if you disagree, we won't let you speak on college campuses anymore.
1: (laughs) No, we won't. And, of course, the disastrous Tea Party idea. It's none of the government's business. How many of these goats?
0: I'm fucking. These are my goats. I don't even know why, why. are you even? Am I being detained? None of your business. Now you might be noticing a bit of a pattern here. If you peel away the idiots, there's a lot of common ground, yeah. right? If the Democrats are willing to lose the lazy utopian fairy tale crowd, and the Republicans are willing to lose the science denying moral majority Tea Party Christian crowd, we might be left with a fairly reasonable group of moderate people that would probably agree on a lot of shit.
1: And what do we call ourselves?
0: The Skeptocrats. Before we move on to the headlines tonight, Heath and I wanted to take a second to discuss all the ways that Ted Cruz's formal announcement of his candidacy will affect the 2016 presidential election. And now, the headlines.
1: Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions Noah, if you had to pick right now, you're going Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, or Louis Gomer. Those are your <laughs> GOP choices as of right now.
0: Well, in terms of ready-made material for a skeptical-slash-political podcast, you couldn't hope for anything better than President <laughs> Trump. <All> so <laughs> I will go with the turd sandwich. Good choice. So
1: before we get to our first headline, let's help out a GOP exploratory committee as we are wont to do here on The Skeptocrat. Trending this week on Twitter was hashtag
0: Ted Cruz campaign slogans. Would you like the player pass? I got one. How about Ted Cruz 2016? The fact that I'm constitutionally ineligible isn't even the biggest thing working against me. I'll play it. All right, what about Cruz Palin in 2016? Does Jeb Bush taste good yet? Is Can we stop? Top? Do you guys like him yet? I don't know if this exactly fits, but I wanted to give an honorary mention to uh, @truthcopy who tweeted to us that if Ted Cruz was a legitimate candidate, the political body has a way of shutting that whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily. Also receiving a random stranger prize is
1: AtSarahWoodWriter, who went with Immigration. Worked for me, but that's where it needs to end. <laughs> no, played Sarah. Nice. Also, one more honorable mention goes to at @krutnacker. For pointing out that Ted Cruz's face was clearly the mold for the Phantom of the Opera drama mask.
0: Yeah. No question. In both function and visage, he is a perfect combination of comedy and tragedy. (laughs) Can't possibly be a coincidence there. In our lead story tonight, it looks like that lasting peace in the Middle East that we were certain was just around the corner is going to have to wait a little bit longer. Worsening conditions in Yemen have prompted a military response by Saudi Arabia against the Iranian-backed rebel forces currently holding the capital city of Sana'a. Iran has predictably condemned the Saudi intervention while still officially insisting that they have no idea where all those Houthis found all those Iranian weapons. Okay, but don't we have a system for this? the
1: The CIA arms and trains a new group of Sunni militants to kill the Houthi rebels, and then we make sure they don't balloon into a new international terrorist syndicate. There's really no downside here. It's like the
0: oil-rich region that swallowed a fly. Exactly. (laughs) While the U.S. has admitted to providing reconnaissance and intelligence to aid the Saudi airstrikes, the government assures us that we will not be providing military support and we won't have any American troops in Yemen. Of course... It's not like they told us about but, the American troops that were already there until they suddenly had to get the fuck out of Yemen and cede the base that they were in that we definitely don't have to the encroaching rebels.
1: Don't worry. Ben Affleck's already on the ground
0: shooting a new movie about how he single-handedly tricked the Houthis in Yemen. <laughs> you hear that, Canada? Affleck's after your glory once again. Now, there are <laughs> unconfirmed reports that Vladimir Putin is furious over the Yemeni situation and has reached out to his Iranian allies to explain that, damn it, he wants World War Three to start in Ukraine. Mm. He's already Let's made up posters it. and everything. Now, for their part, the Iranians have vowed to stay out of the conflict, and, you know, they seem trustworthy. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Tom
1: Cotton can vouch for his new pen pals, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He'll vouch for them. <laughs>
0: It. Now, the strategic concern for the U.S., of course, is that we've been using Yemen as the unofficial hub of our Middle Eastern counterterrorism efforts for years, and now we have to find a new place from which to launch our remote-control flying death box. <laughs> also rather embarrassing if your presidential administration has been touting the Yemeni model as an example of its kick-ass foreign <laughs> policy for the last year. That doesn't <laughs> not, work out well happen. for you. And in Who's Your Daddy's news tonight, Indiana
1: Governor Mike Pence got himself Pre-fired last week when he signed into law the state's version of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RFRA, which will allow businesses in the state and their employees to legally discriminate against, well, basically anyone they want. Really? But they've promised it'll be pretty much just the homosexuals. (laughs) Until now, Indiana Christians were forced to practice a modified form of their religion that took
0: into account equal rights for all the people, but no longer. Thanks to Rifra, And, of course, all of this shit is guised in religious freedom, despite the fact that there's no place in any religious book whatsoever that says, Thou shalt not bake cakes for queers. (laughs) It's weird. The Bible says you're supposed to throw rocks at them until they're dead. According (laughs) to the Hadith, the pitcher gets a hundred lashes, the catcher gets beheaded, and don't worry, lesbians, according to Islam, you don't exist. (laughs) But nowhere (laughs) in any of those books... Does it say it is sinful to pour coffee for the gays? So if this bigotry can hide behind religion, so can any bigotry.
1: Yes, they could. So in response to this grossly unconstitutional legislation, see amendments 1 and 14, just for starters, many major businesses that are against legalized bigotry, such as. Salesforce, Yelp, Apple, the NCAA, they've responded with a market solution in which they boycott the state entirely, which led to the hashtag Boycott Indiana becoming a top trend on Twitter since the announcement of the new law. And, you know, that's good stuff. I'm glad homophobic religious bigotry isn't a viable market strategy, but that's not really supposed to be the point, is it? I mean, what if it were viable? It used to be viable all over the place. Lost revenue
0: isn't supposed to be the reason we have equal rights in right. this country. That's exactly. And, and, and but look, model. I mean, you look at it in, in the micro. There are places where that's viable right now, like uh Indiana, oh, for right. example. Yeah, no, I agree. mean, I'm sure that even now there are market forces pushing bar owners in small towns to exclude gays. Right. So, again,
1: it's great that progressive businesses are planning to boycott Indiana. But let's not forget there are. 19 other states that already have bullshit laws like this on the books, with several more in consideration as we speak. Oh, and let's also not forget there's a fucking federal version of this, too. We had it since 1993, and our Arkansasian hillbilly then-president Bill Clinton signed it. So, for being consistent, the boycott would need to extend to almost half the states,
0: and also to all 50 states. Yeah. Yeah, and territories. And in would you call that boarding news tonight, the Arizona legislature passed a bill last week that would require abortion providers in the state to inform patients that an experimental procedure would allow them to change their mind mid-abortion. I wouldn't call it boarding. Supporters of the bill explain that it's all about making sure that women know all their options, even the fictional ones, because the single study this bill is based on is widely believed to be horseshit. And it's also based on the idea that Places like Planned Parenthood have, like,
1: sign spinners out front with used car salesmen inside the trick you into forgetting about how pregnancy
0: goes away naturally after about nine months. Yeah, they're exactly. all exactly. about... They've got quotas. Now, The, the procedure babies. in question was proposed by Dr. George Delgado, and despite having no real scientific evidence, is now being written into law. So, not to tease you with too much sexy, medicinally aborted fetus talk, but the single procedure this study refers to is a drug-induced abortion that is done in two stages, right? So you get a, a dose of RU-486, and then a dose of Another drug called misoprostol, I guess I'm pronouncing that right. Sure. Anyway, so the fix that this doctor proposed is an injection taken after the RU486, but before the misoprostol, but after the abortion recipient has changed their mind. Right, right yeah. Plan C. Swallow this miniature camcorder and a cup of sperm, and we'll definitely be able to see if he got repregnant.
1: We'll be <laughs> all All that... set
0: works, yeah. Now, a reversal of mid-abortion crises of faith might seem like a solution in search of a problem, but it's actually even worse than that, as there's no reason to believe that this solution even works. The single study Delgado published was based on six patients, first of all, four of whom had live births after receiving an injection of his, you know, distillate of magic beans or whatever after taking the first drug, but without taking the second drug. So after this, four of the six women went on to have live births. But that's the number that you would expect for any women who took only half (laughs) of the abortion cocktail. So you could have sprinkled pixie dust all over them and gotten the same (laughs) fucking result. Right. But if Delgado
1: or anyone else does manage to develop a pill that does do something useful here, I'm sure doctors are going to start mentioning this to patients like they do with everything already. That's how the practice of medicine already works.
0: Not if Arizona's got anything to say about it. You know, stop all that fretting over analyzing the data and making informed decisions about what to tell your patients, the elected officials in the state house have you covered, doctors.
1: (laughs) So with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live in Phoenix. Lucinda, what kind of reaction is the bill getting locally?
2: From what I understand, the partially aborted fetuses are loving it, Heath. (laughs) I see. Is there
1: anyone else supporting it at this point?
2: Well, the dangerous quasi-medical horseshit lobby is doing backhand springs in the streets. (laughs) But other than them and the partially aborted fetuses, not
1: really. Okay, I see. And considering the national backlash, do you think the Senate is likely to pass the bill as it's currently worded?
2: No, they're making every effort to worsen the bill before sending it back to the House. Wait,
1: worsen it? How would they worsen it?
2: Well, for example, they're adding new rules that will require obstetricians to inform the patients that they can determine the gender of their unborn baby by balancing an egg on their stomach on the equinox. (laughs) I
1: don't think that's how that works. I think you're mixing up your bullshit there. That might be... (laughs) <laughs> Some, well, different.
2: yeah, well, we wouldn't want to get our untrue things wrong now, would we? Heath? There's of also course. a provision here that requires gynecologists to warn patients that playing with themselves can cause hairy palms and or blindness.
1: OK, well, trust me, that is not true. What happened? The friction ends. It doesn't matter why. I'm looking at my bald palms right now. That one's definitely wrong.
2: Well, that's the point, Heath. You don't need laws forcing doctors to tell patients true things. They do that anyway. The aim of this bill is to make sure that women in Arizona get the very worst medical treatment that anti-abortion lobbyists can buy.
1: Why would the Arizona legislature go out of their way to do that?
2: They have a reputation to
1: uphold, Heath. (laughs) And what reputation is that, exactly?
2: Well, think about it. For years, Arizona has been leading the nation in bigoted, ridiculous, anti-equality, sexist, over-the-top, indefensible legislation. And now everybody's talking about Indiana like they're the big deal. Hello? Arizona invented legally discriminating against gays. <laughs> that's true.
1: That's thing.
2: And that's only because they ran out of new ways to legislate bigotry against Mexicans. Now everybody's awesome, going to just forget about that and end up hating Indiana instead. Yeah, well, sure, not yeah. if Arizona legislature has anything to say about okay,
1: it. Okay, I see. So they actually want the rest of the country to hate them. They like that.
2: They need it like a fat kid needs Oreos. He's- gotcha.
1: A- anything else they're doing to ensure this national animosity? Make sure they get the Oreos.
2: Well, they did add a fuck orphans amendment. They also <laughs> the- said your mom's a bitch. Wait, my mom? They brought up my mom specifically? That's- no, no, no. They said that in general. It's a writer they added to the bill. Section 8, paragraph 9. And the state of Arizona also (laughs) recognizes your mom is a bitch.
1: I see. Well, Lucinda, thanks for all your hard work. We appreciate
2: it. Fuck you, Heath. But What? Oh, sorry. A new Arizona state law requires that I end all interstate conversations like that.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Well, we will talk to you next week. Go butt fuck a monkey, Heath. (laughs) That's helpful. Appreciate it. Lucinda Lusions, everybody. And in gridlock below the beltway news tonight, the Senate spent nearly all night playing future campaign political posturing strategy games last week before they finally passed a meaningless budget resolution that will never become law. The proposed plan would balance the federal budget over the next decade while still allowing for increased spending on the military. And this would all happen alongside nothing that would increase revenue as an offset which means there's going to be trillions of dollars in cuts to programs like Medicare and Medicaid and also a complete dismantling of Nixon, Dole, Romney, Obamacare, if this bill happens. So the immediate result would be good for everyone except most people. Most of the people
0: would. Yeah, not like. It. It's about time, though, that those Republicans offer up a fruitless symbolic vote to repeal Obamacare. I've been waiting for them to finally get around to that. Now, the saddest thing about this whole, like voter shenanigan filled all-but-meaningless budget is that for the last several years, the Senate hasn't even been able to, been able to get like this far into the process. This, <laughs> this mockery of the legislative process that he's about to explain was a step forward. Right. right. But with full knowledge that Obama will veto
1: such a plan, the GOP majority still refused to compromise on their medicine-is-a-luxury stance, so the whole thing turned into a game of Add an awkward amendment so the other side looks bad no matter how they write. Right, yes. For example, Democrats knew presidential hopefuls Ted Cruz and Rand Paul might want to look bipartisan right now. So they basically added several New Deal's worth of socialist amendments and also bought the EPA a thermometer. They were not happy <laughs> In retaliation, Republicans added language that would cut taxes on the people that financed their campaigns, and they took back the thermometer and replaced it with a snow shovel. Went back and forth like this until about 3.30 in the morning when they finally passed the already dead budget proposal. Great job, guys. Congratulations. That's the most productive you guys have been in a long time. And in (laughs) we-need-to-start-harassing-Muslims-at-the-airport-more-often-news-tonight, Sarah Palin doesn't really get how anything works. Despite reading all the books. The most recent confusion involves her new plan that she announced in a Facebook post last week to foil ISIS by taking away citizenship from any American who joins a terrorist group. Now, I guess she has good intentions on this one, but you don't need to read any books to realize the plan wouldn't actually accomplish anything, and more importantly, it's going to open the door to potential government abuse, Right. obviously, for those reasons, and I think also the 14th Amendment maybe, Ted Cruz's similar proposal in 2013 was completely rejected by the Senate. Hopefully they also realized that a policy like that would have taken citizenship away from Martin Luther King
0: Jr. at one point. But, so, But also, like, what the fuck does she think it means... To take away a person's citizenship. Like, Does she think that we just like, right. take them to the Atlantic coast, spit on them, tear a piece of their cloak and cast them <laughs> out in a little canoe? Right. So let's consider this plan. H- how would that work when all these
1: defectors charter their private jets from LAX straight to the secret ISIS hideout airport? I guess that's when we take away their citizenship. I guess, yeah. I see you're flying to a terrorist lair. <laughs> Don't lie are you a terrorist? Uh, what? No. I'm not, don't bullshit us. If you're a terrorist, you have to tell us. That's a rule. If we find out you're lying, we'll we'll cancel your passport. How is that helpful? If, if, if the CIA is tracking a suspect and they confirm that he joined ISIS, what, what do we, send him a letter from the State Department at that point? This makes no sense. Either we think someone's a terrorist or we don't. And if he flies back to the United States... How the fuck does a valid American passport help
0: him? Well, well we can't right. just... I mean, doesn't she know that you can be imprisoned and a citizen? I mean, <laughs> we, we, wouldn't we rather have those people in American jails than fighting for ISIS? Theoretically? Arrest him, anyway? And in Hickstarter news tonight, Idaho has decided that if Kentucky can fail spectacularly in their effort to build a life-size replica of Noah's Ark, so can they. Promising to offer an Ark that's way more perpetually unfinished than the one Ken Ham isn't building in Kentucky, (laughs) the Northwest Science Museum, a fraudulently titled creationist museum in Quotidian downtown Boise, is seeking to raise funds for a cubit-by-cubit replica of Noah's famous... Beanstalk or whatever it is they had <laughs> well, in that book they like. obviously going to have some trouble with the stem cells. Now, <laughs> but, but can't they make something a little more useful, like a, a half-completed Death Star? I mean, something... If they had that, know, I'd go to behind. Idaho. For fuck's sake. <laughs> that would be great. Now, despite the grandiose image of an ultra-modern museum you're going to find on their website, the actual museum, if you believe in shit like Google Street Images, is housed in the kind of nondescript warehouse where you'd expect to get your dick sucked for amphetamines. There are ambitious- or other drugs. <laughs> They're they, they all look pretty much the same, true. Now, this ARC project faces a daunting price tag of about $150 million, or enough money to feed a family of 286072 for a month, which in their minds in no way diminishes the veracity of the claim that a 700-year-old man and his kids did this with sticks and mud. And from the Midas Flush file tonight,
1: we have some promising science news involving shit and gold. Preliminary findings from the U.S. Geological Survey suggest human solid waste may contain small but significant amounts of valuable metals such as gold, copper, and vanadium. Huh. Electron microscopy reveals that typical human feces may contain these substances
0: in levels high enough to justify a mining operation if the shit were a rock from a prospector scout site. Nice. That means I could shit in a bag and send it to those guys in Idaho for their ARC, and it would be a donation. <laughs> that's, that's how that would work. I yes. love science I'm... because in science, <laughs> someone at some point said, I wonder if there's any gold in my shit," And that's how it all began. <laughs> so the really weird research team yeah, you're right? talking
1: about <laughs> also found that the chemicals used to extract minerals from rock by miners called leachates can be effective on processed solid waste as well. Using what I'm hoping will be called a plop filter. And it gets even more promising in light of results from a different really weird research team that recently published estimates on the potential value we're talking about with the How shit much gold. Does my shit work? And they found that mining shit from a population of a million people for a year would yield about 13 million dollars in output. So that's right, we all shit about 13 dollars worth of gold and precious metals every year.
0: Which means
1: Galt, Reardon and Danconia Enterprises should have a tube
0: up your ass real soon. Yeah, it also makes it easier to donate to us on Patreon. So, we put (laughs) our team of underage, independently contracted Guatemalan orphan refugees, of course, to the task this week of brainstorming names and slogans for the shit mining business.
1: Well, actually, our PR department felt the audience was failing to see the subtle pro-Latino message behind the outsourced writing team, and they told us to replace GuatCo with something more neutral. Did they? So... We fired the Guatemalan children and hired several overprivileged white people from Switzerland. Which worked out well, especially considering their first task involves dirty gold this week. So, without further ado, <laughs> here's our top five names and slogans for
0: the shit mining business. Dude, I have been waiting for a Nazi joke this whole episode. I was almost <laughs> starting to doubt you, just for a second. Just for a second. I knew it was there, though. Who are you talking to?
1: <laughs> Number five. Bed panning for gold. Constipation's shittin' bricks that are worth their weight. Yet another fun reason to clean Grandma's bed. <laughs> Absolutely. At
0: number four, Shitty Slickers Deuce. Face-to-face with the legend of Swirly's Gold. Oh, nice. If any movie deserves a feces-based parody, it would be uh, Phantom Menace. But that one would be good, too. The, the City Slickers, too, right. would be good. Also. <laughs> At number three, we've got
1: The Stool's Gold Bar, where we won't push in your stool, because that shit ain't pyrite. Spoken like a true gentleman. <laughs> at number 2, San Francisco Gold Flush. 40 miners who can get the scat out of your backfield. <laughs>
0: Speaking of which, if there's gold in shit, Pete Carroll's play calling should have like a Scrooge McDuck <laughs> vault right in the middle of it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, sorry. You were
1: you were doing a list. <laughs> and our number one shit mining business idea. Honey Dipped Golden Grams. We know exactly where they cram all those grams. <laughs>
0: Dude, that might be one of your best golden grams shoved-in-your-ass jokes of all time. (laughs) At least top three. Yeah. And that's going to do it for episode 10. Thanks
1: to No Illusions for braving my olfactory radius as we enter flop sweat season. (laughs) Thanks to his lovely wife Lucinda for investigating Phoenicians emerging from the gashes. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that, please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our Giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming. Please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skepticrat. Just like Kyovar, Patrick, Kitty Mayhem, Eric, Soren, Jameson, and Rin, whose highly evolved genitals show up on Charles Xavier's Cerebro machine. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, Check out our sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. We have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to DECA Digital Pianologue, Ryan Slotnick, of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off. So am I, I butt fucking the monkey, or is the the monkey fucking me? Is that you got in the picture? All right, all right fair enough.
2: we should I, definitely I would, have a I picture. Would.